Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid sleeping isn't one. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode. Um, I'm sorry my voice is like, I don't know, I feel like Phoebe from Friends. You know that episode where she's performing Smelly Cat and she has she's like sick and so she has like this raspy voice and she like wants to keep it forever? I'm, I'm like that right now. Um, at first I thought it's because I lost my voice this weekend partying, um, but I think, nope, I'm actually just sick. So it is what it is, right? I can still talk. It's fine. Um, so today I want to talk about room sharing. I know this isn't like a really sexy topic, but I think it's an important one that I get a lot of questions about. And I was especially thinking about it today because in a couple of hours I'm going live for my latest sip and sleep, bringing home baby to your toddler. And that's one of the topics we're going to go over is room sharing. So I wanted to talk about room sharing from two perspectives because I know there's people who are going to listen to this that think it's about one versus the other. So I'm covering them both for you. So I'm first going to talk about room sharing with a parent and, you know, essentially room sharing when you bring a baby home from the hospital. So and then I'm going to talk about siblings sharing a room. So room sharing with your parents, not you and your parents. You you know what I'm saying, your baby, your baby and their parents. So that is a personal choice. I'm just going to be honest. You know, I'm not telling anyone to go against AAP safe sleep guidelines, but I do want you guys to understand where that recommendation comes from so you can make your own informed decision. So I will first of all say that the age at which the AAP says you should stop room sharing has fluctuated. So at one point it was a year, or it was six months, then it was a year, now it's back to six months. When they make that recommendation, similar to the recommendation that you should breastfeed, those are not recommendations based on a causal or a based on causation, meaning it is not a situation where tragic outcomes have occurred and they've been able to tie it to because this happened, it caused this, right? Unlike something like bed sharing, where they are like you shared a bed with your baby and you rolled over on them or they got stuck in the sheet and they were not able to breathe, right? That is a causation, right? which in anything where there's a causation, we take it very, very seriously. Correlation means when they've looked at these tragic things happening, what other factors have been at play? Well, also things like maybe the the parents were drinking. Does that mean you can't have a margarita if you have a baby? No, right? It just means that in situations where something bad has happened, they're looking at all of the other factors at play and then creating recommendations around it. So I want to be very clear that the act of you being physically present in the room with your baby does not prevent something from happening, nor does you moving them out of their uh, your room into another room cause something bad to happen, okay? So that is a personal choice when you want to do it. If you want to keep your baby in your room for two years, go on with your bad self. If you want to move them out four days in, that's also great. So please understand that. And of course, if you have concerns, talk to your pediatrician too, right? But I think that's really important to understand. And I think there's a lot of families who sleep better when they're not in the same room as their baby because newborns are loud AF, as we all know. Um, And so sometimes that's easier and that's fine. And if you want to keep them with you, we kept our kids in our room long past a year, all of them, um, more because of space issues, but like that's our reality. So it's whatever you do, feel confident that you're doing the right thing. So that is room sharing with parents. Room sharing with siblings. So the truth is there's no like magical day or time or age or gender or whatever 
that you should move siblings into a room together, right? And I actually think sometimes being more creative can have the best outcome. You know, you could have, for instance, a middle child, like I'm just making this up, you have three kids. You could have a middle child who's, you know, a very sensitive sleeper and, um, you know, doesn't do great when they're sharing spaces with other people and they kind of need their alone time. Maybe they need a little bit more sleep. And then you have like a baby and uh, a preschooler who get along great and actually have a similar schedule and, you know, you have like your toddler girl and your baby boy in a room together and then you have another sibling, you know, the other girl in her own room. That's fine. There isn't like some magic way of doing it. But here are the things that you should consider before you do it and that you really do want to have kind of locked up. Truly, both kids should be sleeping well through the night consistently. And that includes definitely the wake-ups being similar and ideally the bedtimes being similar too. I think the trap that families will fall into is they'll move kids into a room together too soon when one of the kids is still struggling with sleep. Or, and I've gotten this question before, they have a kid struggling with sleep and they think, if I move them into a room with their sibling, will that make them feel safer or happier? And I'm not saying it wouldn't, theoretically, but it's not going to solve their sleep issue, right? If you have a kid who's stalling at bedtime, continuously coming out of the room, you know, refusing to go to sleep if you're not holding their hand, having Bobby in the bed next to them is probably not like the solve all, you know? It could help down the road, but first we want to tackle the, the underlying cause, right? The sleep issue itself before they move into a room together. Because one of the things that happens a lot when kids move into a room together too soon, besides maybe bedtime being kind of chaotic, is often it's the early wakes, right? So one of the kids is getting up early and they are waking up the other child who would have slept much longer. And so the parents fall into this trap of like racing into the room at 5.30 and instead of one child learning to stay in bed and sleep longer, they learn like scream as soon as you wake up because someone will come snatch you up and you'll get to, you know, watch Peppa Pig on an iPad for two hours while your sister sleeps in, right? And that's obviously not a pattern anybody wants to get into. Um, so, right, so you want the wake-up times to be consistent. You want both kids to be good sleepers. If you can have bedtime be about the same, that's ideal because you also don't want the experience to be one of your kids has to, like, tiptoe into their own bedroom every night to go to bed or you have to do their bedtime routine, like, in the living room because somebody's sleeping in their room. I realize that there are going to be scenarios, and I should say this is true with everything I'm saying with room sharing. I realize there are scenarios where you live in a one-bedroom apartment and you have no choice but to share a room with your baby or you live in a two-bedroom house with two kids and you have no choice but to have them share a room, whatever. That's fine. Um, And I understand it's not going to be perfect. So I'm just giving you guys, you know, best case scenario, if you have the option to decide what to do, these are the things to be looking for. I should have said that initially. You guys know I love a good caveat because I don't want anyone ever leaving this podcast being like, I suck. I'm doing it all wrong. Everything's bad. It's not. It's not. Whatever you're doing is great. And I'm just going to give you my tips. So if you can have them going to bed at the same time, ideal. If you guys have worked with me, if you're a client or someone who's taken my course, you know I talk about having the bedtime routine be in your child's room. That's really important. They have this positive association with their room. It's not like we're living la vida loca throughout the house and then all of a sudden I'm like banished to my chambers. You know, that's not what it is. So that's helpful if you can do the bedtime routine together. And that could mean, you know, even if you have a schedule where maybe one child is going to bed at 7 and the other one's going to bed at 7.30. Okay, new bedtime is 7.15 for everybody, right? And, and you do it together. So if you can, I know this is not always possible, but I think it's great if you can have a situation where you're 
kids are either both in a crib or both in a bed when they're sharing a room. I don't think this is that big of a deal if you have like a four month old and a two year old, you know, that whatever, that's fine. But if you have, for instance, a two year old in a crib and a four year old in a bed, I don't love that as much because, you know, you of course want to keep your two year old in their crib as long as possible. And if you put them in a room with big brother or big sister, who's just you know, running nilly willy around the room and is leaving the, you know, is able to get out of the room and they're like trapped in their cage. I don't know. It just kind of like sucks. I think this isn't a scientific fact. It's just my personal opinion. I think if I was in a position where I had a two and a four-year-old and the four-year-old was in a bed and the two-year-old was in a crib and I was thinking about moving them in together, I'd probably wait until I felt ready for the two-year-old, you know, when they were older, when I felt like they could both be in beds together. I think that's just nicer for the little person if possible if you do have an older child who is sharing a room with a younger sibling I think it's also really important two things that they understand what's going to happen if the younger sibling wakes up I think having a conversation with them and saying something like you know Margot is learning how to sleep too sometimes she's going to wake up a little bit early sometimes this is going to happen because even if you have a baby you know if you're in a situation where you kind of need to or really want to move kids in together when the baby's still pretty young if you have like a seven month old even if they've been sleeping through the night for months you know they'll have an occasional early wake they'll have some random sporadic cries out in the night and you want your older child not to be scared of that or concerned about it you know you know their temperament best like this is a good time to sit them down and say you know she's not hurt she's not in pain She's learning to be a great sleeper just like you. You don't need to come tell mommy and daddy. You know, have that conversation. And I know it's tough if she wakes you up and I'm sorry that, you know, that happens. Sometimes daddy wakes me up, you know, whatever. I think it's good to explain what's going to happen, though, ahead of time. And then make sure that the toddler, preschooler, whatever, understands the process. Like, let's say, for instance, you know, you have a baby and a toddler sharing a room. Maybe the toddler is older, like a four-year-old, and there's maybe a one-year-old in the room with them. I'm just creating made-up scenarios here. So let's say your four-year-old's in a bed. The door is not secured. They come out. You know, you have a routine where they're allowed to come out and you've left a bowl of Cheerios for them and then they can like sit quietly until you come down a few minutes later, whatever. But the baby typically sleeps a good 30, 40 minutes longer in the morning, right? Maybe the four-year-old gets up at like 6.45. So if that's the case, then you're thinking through right ahead of time, right? All of this, are these are things you're thinking about before you move them into a room together. How is this going to look? And explaining to them, when you wake up, you know, Bobby's still going to be sleeping. So I want you to use your quiet slipper feet and quietly come out. I'll leave your Cheerios here and you can sit quietly or you can read a book or you can play with a truck. You know, I think having a system where you are able to get the kid out of the room if they're old enough and responsible enough for that versus like lay like a statue in your bed. Um, you know, if you are in a routine where one kid is getting up at a reasonable time, like 6.45, 7, and the other one sleeps a little bit longer, that you have like a structure and a framework for what that's going to look like so that you're not sort of like unfairly forcing one kid to be silent in their room, but you're also not putting them in a position to wake the other child up um, if the times that they wake up do make sense for you guys. Other thing to think through too with an older sibling some kids are a bit mischievous um, or they are young toddlers who are in beds, probably younger than they should be in beds, um, who just don't quite get boundaries yet. And I really have seen scenarios where we have like, you know, big brother is like trying to keep baby warm. So they're going over and like tossing a blanket over the baby's face or like they get some food. I, I had a client once who was a, he was four, three or four. 
and he would like come out of his room and get yogurts from the fridge and then go to his baby sister and dump it on her face. They were twins, twin sisters. So things like that we want to be careful of. Um, if you have a child that you, if you really thought hard about it, you don't really trust to be safe um, and not be mischievous around a vulnerable baby, then don't move them into a room together, right? Like I would say in that case, even if you don't have a lot of space, keep baby with you um, a little bit longer. So let's talk about when you actually do it. We want the room to feel like everyone's space. So if you have, for instance, you know, a, a room of one child that's like been their room and then you have kind of like a nursery that maybe you're putting a third child in or you're converting into an office, whatever. So that younger child doesn't like have their own room, right? So I'm not saying we need to go like full-blown architecture digest here and like make the room perfect and redesigned but I would go through the motions of like fully clearing out half of the closet to put the other kids stuff in you know don't like keep their stuff in the guest room or whatever go through and maybe remove some of the toys of the older kids that aren't as important to them and replace them with toys that belong to the other child right like and it could mean you repaint the walls or you get them new sheets I mean that's up to you but I do think it's important for it to feel for both kids to really feel and reflect this is your room together. This is not Joey is moving into Bobby's room, right? It's everybody's room. Um, and that can go a long way, just a, that little extra effort to kind of reconfigure the room. It might even mean that you move furniture around just so it feels really different. And then also think through what your new bedtime routine is going to look like. So if perhaps in the past one kid had been put down before the other or you and your partner were tag teaming, like you do him, I'll do her, now, ideally, and again, you maybe adjust bedtimes a tiny bit to make, for this to make sense, you're going to be doing their bedtime at the same time. So think through what that's going to look like, right? Like if they each had read two books, does that mean we're going to do four books? Or do, do you pick a book and each kid picks one book? Like whatever. Are they going to start doing their bath together? Maybe they didn't in the past. Whatever it is, I would, again, think through that before you actually make the change. Because um, the extra time for you to have a game plan going into this stuff is going to help so much when you're actually in the moment and thinking through kind of all the possible scenarios like what if this person wakes this person up what am I how am I going to respond if he tries to get into his sister's bed and like sleep there you know because some of these things just come down to personal choice something like that like if they turn the lights back on and they're playing do I want to go in and turn them off um, do I not want them to play right like all that kind of stuff thinking through like how you're going to respond to it I personally am a fan of not intervening too much when that stuff happens initially because I think it's natural. There's a sense of novelty, right, when you had maybe, you know, it's like your own room and now all of a sudden you get to be with your brother or sister. It's like kind of exciting. Um, so I'm a fan of actually not doing much in those scenarios until if it becomes a problem um, because the novelty will wear off and then they'll just start sleeping more and it'll be a little bit better. Um, I would also keep naps separate if you can, even if that means... You have a pack and play that lives in your guest room, lives in your laundry room, lives in your room. Um, I think as much as possible, just because daytime sleep is a very different beast than night sleep, and those naps really matter, and we want our kids to disrupt each other as little as possible. There's absolutely nothing wrong from Shayla having her nap every day in the laundry room in a pack and play. That does not matter. What matters is that she gets the sleep she needs, and if her brother's nap is at a slightly different time and he wakes up a lot and whatever, then maybe that's for the best. So I hope that this has been informative and helpful. And I will see you guys next week. 
Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to britneysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at britneysheehansleep. 